CD Projekt Red released the next-gen versions of Cyberpunk 2077 today, proving that it never gave up. But is all forgiven? Good morning. Good Wednesday morning to you. I'm Shane Satterfield from Sifted, and this is Good Morning Gaming for February 16th, 2022. It comes bright and early every weekday to all our patrons who pledge at patreon.com sifted and is delayed a couple days for everyone else. If you like our content, we also have a separate podcast feed for our flagship show, Game Face, that you can find by searching your favorite podcast service. You'll find the podcast versions of the rest of our content in the same feed you found this. So, as I said, the PS5 and Xbox Series versions of Cyberpunk 2077 finally released today, a staggering 16 months after the game's initial release. Right now, the console versions of Cyberpunk 2077 are sitting at an average of 59 on Metacritic. So while a lot of outlets did give the game a pass at launch, ultimately, it ended up with the aggregate review score it probably deserved. Just to get into the details quickly, the PS5 and Xbox Series versions have better performance, they have ray tracing, and much more. All its versions also got patch 1.5 today that includes new weapons, a rebalancing, and more. You can also try the game for five hours on Next Gen for free if you want to dip your toes in the water before diving in. One of the lower thirds in the trailer states, Night City, safer than ever, which likely alludes to the bugs that have been fixed since launch. It's also launching at 50% off on all platforms. You can get it for 25 bucks on PlayStation and 30 bucks on Xbox. If you already own the game, upgrading is free. So now that all the housekeeping is out of the way, let's talk about how CD Projekt Red ultimately handled this. It's disappointing that it's 16 months later and we're getting this, but it's also very surprising that we're getting it at all. There was a certain point where I just figured they'd write off the next-gen versions of Cyberpunk 2077. But why did CD Projekt Red do this? Did it do it because it was concerned that its reputation would be soiled forever and it needs its reputation when it goes to sell The Witcher 4 or any of its other games in the future? Did it do it because it promised that Cyberpunk was going to be an amazing game and ultimately it wasn't at launch? Or does it realize that eventually... It's going to make a lot of money off of this game beyond what it's already made. And it has already made a ton of money. Regardless of the 59 Metacritic, you went out and bought it. Of those options, I think it's probably a mixture of a couple. It doesn't release a lot of games. The next game it releases is going to have to be stellar. Because all trust was destroyed. Now, do I think a lot of people will forgive CD Projekt Red for Cyberpunk 2077 when... The Witcher 4 is here. Yep, I do. I think a lot of people love The Witcher so much that they'll be willing to forgive almost anything to play the next game. And CD Projekt Red knows that. So maybe it isn't so much worried about its reputation when it knows that that reputation will likely have very little impact on the sales of its next game. 
It's probably more likely that CD Projekt Red has done the math. It sold a good many copies of Cyberpunk 2077 at launch. In fact, it sold a lot. It did very, very well. The game has already undoubtedly turned a profit, even after all the losses that it's incurred due to returns, due to PlayStation removing it from its store, due to having to put the next-gen version up for sale at half price at launch. It knows that over time, this game will continue to sell. It also knows that perhaps it has an extensive marketing plan in place to promote this game for the next two or three years while it waits for The Witcher 4 to be done and ready for sale. It knows better than anyone what kind of a schedule it has and just how far and how long it's going to push Cyberpunk 2077. My guess would be it's going to be a long time. Now, I don't think even if it were exactly what was promised at launch, I do not think that it ever had the opportunity to sell like a Grand Theft Auto 5. I don't think in five years from now, Cyberpunk 2077 is going to sell another 5 million copies over the holidays like Grand Theft Auto 5 just did. I just don't. It just doesn't have the same mainstream appeal. However, do I think Cyberpunk could sell another 10 million copies in its lifetime? Absolutely. Do the math on that. 10 million times, let's say, 60. That's a lot of money. (laughs) That's half a billion dollars. So is it worth it to spend 16 months working on the next-gen versions, hoping that you curry favor with the press because it's better, it's improved? Maybe the fans finally say, wow, you did a great job. You stuck with it, CD Projekt Red. I like you again. All of that stuff can happen while CD Projekt Red makes another half billion dollars in revenue from this game. I know I may sound jaded. I may sound negative. I may sound pessimistic. But CD Projekt Red has earned this. Do not kill the messenger. It's not my fault that one of the most anticipated games from the last five or six years was released broken and completely unfinished, and the developer was responsible for manipulating us. Don't blame me. Am I glad that this game that I bought over a year ago is now fixed and works well? It doesn't really matter to me. I ended up fighting through it and finishing the game the first time. I am not playing it again. But one thing I will say is that CD Projekt Red is absolutely playing the long game here. So don't be fooled. Is it better that it stuck with it and finished it? Yes. There are a lot of people who did not finish the game like I did. There are some people who specifically quit playing the game almost out of protest, waiting for it to be fixed. For those people, this is great. But ultimately, it's impossible for me to pat CD Projekt Red on the back. Now for a couple more stories from the top of your SIFs. The marketing blitz has begun for Horizon Forbidden West. A Lego set is coming in May that consists of a large long neck machine that's 13 and a half inches high. You can display the tall neck on a stand with details from the Horizon landscape, such as a birch tree and a rusty traffic light. Also included is a Lego Aloy figurine featuring her bow and spear and even a watcher, and you can change the eyes to either blue, yellow, or red. 
Sony also announced that for every player that earns the Reach the Daunt trophy in Horizon Forbidden West before March 25th, the company will plant a tree in one of three designated restoration projects. Now that is a marketing plan I think we can all get behind. The Halo TV series hasn't even launched on Paramount Plus yet, and it's already been greenlit for a second season. Either Paramount is extremely confident in the quality of the first season, or it's seen enough social media and online chatter to convince it that season two is worthwhile. Season one premieres on March 24th, and that's when we'll be able to decide for ourselves. I do wonder if once the season launches, if it doesn't get glowing feedback or glowing praise, if Paramount will ultimately reconsider. Call of Duty Vanguard Season 2 launched today, called Rapid Fire. It includes a ton of updates to pretty much every mode in the game. For Warzone, you get armored war machines like bomber planes. There are also these little zeppelins that you can use to get across the map really quickly. There's a new chemical weapon. There's a chemical weapons facility. There's a bunch of stuff coming to Warzone. Going to competitive multiplayer, there are new multiplayer maps. I believe there's three total... Two new ones and one classic. I think Gondola is the classic map. Map that I've enjoyed a lot in the past. There's a lot more coming to that as well. And then moving to Zombies mode, there are three new arenas coming, making it the biggest update to the mode yet. It's a lot of new content, and it's all live right now. Baldur's Gate 3 was delayed into 2023 today. At the same time, a massive patch was released for the early access version that includes the Barbarian class, a complete user interface overhaul, and more. We thought for sure that this game would release this year because we thought it was going to release last year. But once again, we were wrong. It is becoming almost impossible to predict whether a game will release in a given year or not. It's just, it's bonkers. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll tackle today's boss fight. Welcome to today's boss fight where I tackle random topics that may or may not be related to video games. Nintendo announced today that it is pulling the plug on the online stores for the Wii U and 3DS in early 2023. So essentially, you have about 12 months left where you can buy games on your Wii U or on your 3DS, at which point Nintendo will take those stores down. But does it really have to? No. It doesn't. There is no reason for Nintendo to take down those stores. Just like there was no reason for Sony to take down the PS3 and Vita stores. Which, when fans freaked out about it, Sony changed course and decided not to. Will the same thing happen here with the Wii U and the 3DS? I don't know. But one thing I do know is that it costs nothing to leave these stores up. Nothing. I run a website. I know what it costs for bandwidth. And I'll say this, the cost of bandwidth has just been in a free fall for the last 15 or 20 years. Our bandwidth bills when I worked at game trailers were insane. You would not believe how much money we spent on bandwidth. And we were only serving at the time mostly 720p video. 
Big files for the time, but now they're a joke. And our bandwidth bills would make your eyeballs pop out of your head. It was insane how much it cost to serve websites back then. Since Amazon has taken over serving with Amazon Web Services, it has just become almost a joke how little it costs for bandwidth bills. Even in the amount of time that we've been running Sifted, our bandwidth bills have fallen probably 30 or 40%. That's a lot for like five or six years in any industry. So you think about what does it take to run an online store? Bandwidth, but not that much. Nintendo's not serving a ton of HD video or 4K video on its Wii U or 3DS stores. It's mostly just screenshots and text. That takes nothing. It, it, that costs nothing to serve. Okay, so your big bandwidth is going to come from files. People are going to have to download the games. But they're paying for that. <laughs> if you can't afford to keep the store open with people downloading the games, then you need to increase the price of the games. It's as simple as that. It's just, it's silly that in 2022, you would close off, one, a revenue stream, but two, a pathway for your fans. You got to realize not everyone has a Switch. A lot of people are going to stumble across a 3DS or a Wii U, and they're going to be perfectly happy playing those. For God's sakes, the Wii U is basically the Switch. It's no less powerful than the Switch. It has a lot of the same games. How many Wii U games have been ported to the Switch at this point? Too many. And granted, it did get Nintendo through some bumpy release schedules where they didn't have a whole lot. Those games were great hole fillers for people who never owned a Wii U. But those Wii U's are still out there. There are tens of millions of 3DS handhelds out there. And people who have them want to still buy games. It makes no sense. It, it's like there's this psychological thing where people and companies feel like, okay, it's time to move on. It's time to turn the page. Not everyone has that luxury. There are people out there who want to play games, but maybe they can only afford a 3DS. And so they get the 3DS, and now they can only buy physical games. And why? Because you want to turn the page on your last generation? There's no financial reason to do so. The amount of staff that you need to maintain the Wii U and 3DS database, five people? Let's say five people, and let's just go big and say you pay them $100,000 a year, which is absurd. There's no way Nintendo would pay five people $100,000 just to maintain the Wii U and 3DS stores. More likely, they're probably getting paid 50k. But let's go with 100,000. So, 500,000 dollars a year to keep those stores alive, plus the bandwidth. I'm okay. Let's go 600,000 with the bandwidth, which is still a crazy high estimate. You will easily make that money back. I can understand the Wii U a little more than the 3DS. There weren't many Wii U's sold, but that also means that your bills to maintain it are less. The games are a little bigger than on 3DS, so you're going to pay a little bit more in bandwidth for people to download those games. But again, the bandwidth isn't that much. The files aren't that big. Wii U games are not that big. Just like Switch games. They're puny. So I don't understand this fascination with, okay, we're on to this next thing. We got to get rid of the old thing. No, there are people who like the old thing. 
This isn't 1998 anymore or 1996 anymore. These aren't closed platforms. These aren't closed games where someone buys a game and that's it. These things are platforms that grow and evolve and change. They get firmware updates, games, get expansion packs and DLC. It's a living, breathing thing now. It's not this thing that you just turn your back on and say you're done because no one's done anymore. That's not how things work anymore. I don't know which is worse, PlayStation or Nintendo doing this. PlayStation should have known better. It, it, it's not living in the past like Nintendo is in a lot of ways. So if they had both announced this at the same time, I'd blame PlayStation more than I would blame Nintendo. Because let's be honest, Nintendo Nintendo does things its own way. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. But Nintendo had the chance to watch what happened with PlayStation and learn from it. And it did not. It's doing the same thing. I predict that by the time... February of 2023 rolls around and Nintendo says, okay, you got two weeks and we're closing this stuff down. I think the same thing is going to happen. The fans are going to revolt. Nintendo's going to relent and the Wii U and 3DS stores will stay up as they should. Thanks for listening to Good Morning Gaming. I appreciate every single one of you who listens to GMG. I'm Shane Satterfield, and you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at Denfire and follow Sifted at Sifted Games. And while you're pecking around the internet, why not stop by patreon.com slash sifted and drop us a pledge. We appreciate every single dollar. We'll be back with another show tomorrow, but until then, make sure you seize today because there will never be another.